Hi there, love. Uh, so I've got Snapchat. Oh, from my dad. Oh, I was so hoping that was from you. Um, I do really love you. And if you are reading to this at around the time I record it, which is obviously impossible, I've just, I've just been really sad. I worry... I don't know. I just worry that you think it's because of you. And it's not at all. I mean, well... It is in a roundabout way, but not in a negative way. <laughs> it's a, it's a, I just really, really miss you. Uh, I just really, really want to be with you. Um, oh, it's it's uh, September the 9th, if you're thinking about uh, when, when this was recorded. And I just really, really want to be with you, my love. And there's nothing more I want in the world. It's a Wednesday at the moment. And this time, 20-something, 20... Uh, this time, maybe... 30, this time maybe 40 weeks ago, we would be together right now, and, you know, it's just, it's just, it's just sad, <laughs> that, 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 that is odd, I'm just a little bit kind of fragile, but as I say, I'll, I'll get through it, I'll get through it, anyway, we're on to one year to go now, we're getting through the book, I'm getting through the book, but you're listening, um, and all these chapters are quite short, miraculously. Um, oh, and this section's quite short. Bloody hell. Where it ends on page... Oh, it's not. It's 40 pages. Um, but yeah, I'm not getting much time to read at nights now because it's like we finished chatting at 11.30 and then I've got a... a um, I still have to read. So this is me doing it in my freeze. Um, uh, the cha- this chapter starts with a... Um, a series of invitations uh, with the president and her government are requesting the pre- pleasure of the company of uh, Margot, Roxy, Ali and Tunde uh, on Wednesday the 15th of June at 7 o'clock. One year to go, Margot. Can you comment on why you're here, Senator Cleary? President Moskalev has been ousted in a military coup from the country of which she was the leader and chosen by a pro- a democratic progress today. This is the kind of thing which the government of the United States takes very seriously. And may I say how delighted it is I am that you're engaging the younger generation in this sort of an important geopolitical issue. It's the younger generation who have to live through this world you're building, Senator. You're right, Tunday, and that's why I'm so thrilled that my daughter Jocelyn is visiting the country with me as part of the United States delegation. Can you comment on the recent defeat of the forces of the um, Republic of Bespara by the troops of North Moldova. It's a party, son, not a defence strategy meeting. You'd know, Senator Cleary. You sit on, is it, five strategic defence committees now? He counts them off on his fingers. Defence for foreign relationships. Oh, defence, foreign relationships, homeland security, budget and intelligence. You're quite the powerhouse to be sent to a party. You've done your homework. I have, ma'am. The North Moldovans are funded by the House of Saudi in exile, aren't they? Is this war with Vespara a proving ground for an attempt to take Saudi Arabia? The Saudi Arabian government was democratically elected by their people. The United States government supports democracy around the world and peaceful regime change. Is the United States government here to secure the oil pipeline? There's no oil in Moldova or Vespara today. But another regime change in... Saudi Arabia might affect your oil supply, don't you think? 
that can't be a concern when we're talking about the freedom of a democracy. <laughs> he almost laughs. A little smirk peels across his face and disappears. <laughs> okay, says Tunde. Fine. The United States would rather promote democracy than oil. Okay, but and what message does your attending this party tonight send about domestic terrorism back home? Let me be clear, says Margot, staring right into Tunde's camera with a clear and level gaze. The United States government is not afraid of domestic terrorists or the people who fund them. And by the people who fund them, you mean King Awadhi Atif of Saudi Arabia? <laughs> That's all I have to say on this matter. And any comment on why you've been sent here, Senator? You in particular, with your connections to the North Star training camps for young women? Is that why you were chosen to come here? Margot does a little chuckle that seems entirely sincere. I'm just a little fish today. A minnow, really. I came here because I was invited, and now I want to enjoy the party. And I'm sure you do too. She turns away, walks a few paces to the right, waits until she can hear the snap of the camera shutting off. And don't you fucking start coming after me, son. She comes out of the corner of her mouth. I'm your friend here. Tunde notices the word son, says nothing, and holds it close to his chest. Is he glad he left the audio recording running, even though the video is off? I could have pushed you twice as hard, he says. Mom. Margot squints at him. I like you, Tunde. She says, you did good work on that interview with Urban Docs. Those nuke threats really got Congress to sit up and take notice. You voted us the money we need to defend this country. You still in touch with his people? Sometimes. You hear they've got anything else big coming down the pipeline? You come and you tell me, all right? I'll make it worth your while. There's money in it now. A lot of money. You might make a great press consultant in our training camps. Aha, says Tinde. I'll let you know. Be sure you do. She smiles reassuringly. At least that's what she attends. She has the feeling that, once it reaches her lips, it might have come out a bit more as a leer. The problem is that these fucking recorders are so attractive. She's seen Tunde's videos before. Maddie is a huge fan. And he's actually making a difference with the 18 to 35 voting demographic. It's amazing how, amongst all, amongst all the talk about his relaxed and obsessive lifestyle, um, no one mentions that all of Tunde Ido's videos have been such a hit because he's handsome as hell. He's half naked in some of them, reporting from the beach in just speedos, and how she's supposed to take him seriously when she's seen his broad shoulders and narrow waist and the rolling landscape of obliques and delts and glutes and pecs of his firm shit. She really needs to get laid. Christ, okay, there are a few young guys among the staff here on this trip. She'll buy one of them a drink after the party because this can't be happening in her mind every time she's confronted with a handsome reporter. She grabs her schnapps from a passing tray, downs it and an aide catches her eye across the room, points to her wristwatch and we're off to the races. You've got to admit, she whispers to Francis, her aide, as they climb the marble stairs, <laughs> they know how to pick a castle. The place looks like, the place looks like it's been transported brick by brick from Disney. Gilt furniture, seven pointed spires each each a different shape and size, some fluted, some smooth, some tipped with gold. Pine forest in the foreground, mountains in the distance, yeah, yeah, you've got history and culture, yeah, yeah, you're not one, fine. Tatiana Moskalev is, no kidding, sitting on an actual throne when Margot walks in. A huge gold thing with lion's heads on the arms and a red velvet cushion. Margot manages not to smile, the president of Bespara is wearing an enormous white fur coat with a gold dress underneath. She has a ring on each finger and two on each thumb. It's like she learned what a president ought to look like from watching too many Mafia movies. Maybe that's what she did. And the door closes behind Margot. 
they're alone together. President Moskalev, says Margot, an honour to meet you. Senator Cleary, says Tatiana, the honour is mine. The snake meets the tiger, Margot thinks, the jackal greets the scorpion. Please, says Tatiana, take a glass of our ice wine, the finest in Europe, the product of our Besparan vineyards. Margot sips it, wondering how likely it is to be poisoned. She puts the odds at no more than 3%. It'd look very bad for them if she died here. The wine is excellent, says Margot. I, I would have expected no less. Tatiana smiles a thin and distant smile. You like Vespara, she says. You've enjoyed the tours, music, dancing, local cheese. Margot had sat through a three-hour demonstration and talk on local cheese practices this morning. Three hours on cheese. Oh, your country is delightful, Madam President. Such old-world charm combined with such focus and determination to move into the future together. Yes, Tatiana smiles thinly again. We think we are maybe the most forward-thinking country in the world, you know. Ah, yes. I'm looking forward to the visit to your science technology park tomorrow. Tatiana shakes her head. Culturally, she says. Socially. We are the only country in the world to really understand what this change means. To understand it as, an, as a blessing. An invitation to, to... She shakes her head for a moment as if to clear, as if to clear a kind of fog. An invitation to a new way of living. Margot says nothing and sips her wine, making an appreciative face. I like America, says Tatiana. My late husband, Victor, liked USSR, but I liked America. Land of freedom, land of opportunity. Good music, <laughs> better than Russian music. She starts to sing the lyrics to a pop song. Maddie's been playing it all around the house incessantly. When we drive you so fast in your car, all boom boom. I don't Sorry. Uh, her voice is pleasant. Margot remembers reading somewhere that Tatiana Muskulov had been had ambitions to be a pop star once upon a time. You want us to get them to come play here? They tour. We can fix it up. Tatiana says, I think you know what I want. I think you know, Senator Cleary, because you're not a stupid woman. Margot smiles. I may not be, a, may not be stupid, but I am not a mind reader, President Muskulov. All we want, says Tatiana, is American dream, right here in Basbara. We are a new nation, plucky little state, bordered by a terrible enemy. We want to live freely, to pursue our own way of life. We want opportunity, that's all. Margot nods. That's what everyone wants, Madam President. Democracy for all is America's fondest wish for the world. Tatiana's lips turn faintly upward. Then you will help us against the North. Margot chews her top lip for a moment. This is the tricky point, and she had known it was coming. I, I've had conversations with the President, and while we support your independence as it is the will of the people, we can't be seen to interfere in a war between North Moldova and Bespara. You and I are more subtle than this, Senator Cleary. We can offer humanitarian aid and peacekeeping forces. You can vote against any action against us in the UN Security Council. Margot frowns, but there are no actions against you in the UN Security Council. Margot, Tatiana, places her glass very deliberately on the table in front of her. Senator Cleary, my country has been betrayed by some of its men. We know this. We were defeated in the recent Battle of the Dniester because the North knew where our troops would be. Men from Baspara have sold our information to the enemies in the North. Some of them have been found. Some of them have confessed. We need to take action. That's your pejorative, of course. You will not interfere in this action. You will support whatever we do. Margot gives a little chuckle. 
I'm not sure I can promise anything that sweeping, Madam President. Tatiana turns around and leans back against the window pane. She is silhouetted against the brightly lit Disney castle behind her. You work with North Star, don't you? Private military? You are a shareholder, in fact. I, I like North Star. Teaching girls to be warriors? Very good. We need, we need it more. Well, this wasn't what Margot was expecting, but it's intriguing. I don't quite see how these things are linked, Madam President, she says, although she's beginning to see have a shrewd idea. North Star wants the UN mandate to send its own North Star trained female troops into Saudi Arabia. The government in Saudi Arabia is crumbling and the state is, not sta the state is unstable. If the UN approves the deployment, I think it will be good news for the world, yes. Securing the supply of energy, helping the government through a difficult period of transition. It would be easier to make the case, says Tatiana, if another government had already successfully deployed North Star forces. Tatiana pauses, pours herself another glass of the ice wine, pours one for Margot too. They both know where this is going. Their eyes meet. Margot is smiling. You want to employ North Star girls yourself? As my private army, here and on the border. It's worth a lot of money, even more if they win. With the North, even more if they win the war with the North and seize the Saudi assets. Acting as a private army here would take North Star exactly where they want to go. The board would be very happy to continue their association with Margot Cleary until the end of time if she could pull this off. And in exchange, you want... We're going to alter our laws a little during this time of trouble to prevent more traitors giving away secrets to the North. Um, we want you to stand by us. We have no wish to interfere with the affairs of a sovereign nation, says Margot. Cultural differences must be respected. I know the President will trust my judgment on this. Good, says Tatiana, and makes a slow, green-eyed blink. Then we understand each other, she pauses. We don't have to ask ourselves what the North would do if they won Senator Cleary. We've already seen what they do. We all remember what Saudi Arabia was. We are both on the right side here. She raises her glass, and Margot tips her slowly until it touches Tatiana with a gentle clink. It's a great day for America, and it's a great day for the world. The rest of the party is precisely as dull as Margot had expected. She shakes hands with foreign dignitaries and religious leaders and people she suspects to be criminals and arm dealers. She mouths the same lines over and over again about the United States' deep sympathy with victims of injustice and tyranny and their wish to see a peaceful resolution to the situation here in this troubled region. There's some kerfuffle at the reception just after Tatiana makes her entrance, but Margot doesn't see. She stays until 10.30pm the officially designated time that it is neither too early nor too late to leave a significant party. On her way down to the diplomatic car, she bumps into the reporter, Tundergen. Excuse me, he says, dropping something onto the floor and immediately retrieving it too fast for her to see. I mean, excuse me, I'm sorry, I, I, I'm in a hurry, I'm in a hurry. She laughs and she's had a good night. She's already calculating the like of, likes of kind of bonus she'll get from North Star if all this works out and thinking about super PAC contributions for the next election cycle. Why hurry, she says. There's no need to rush away. Want a ride? She gestures to the car, its doors open, its buttery leather interior inviting. He conceals his momentary look of panic with a smile, but just not quite enough. Another time, he says. He's lost. 
Later in the hotel, she buys a couple of drinks for one of the junior guys from the American embassy in the Ukraine. He's attentive, well, why wouldn't he be? She's going places, and she rests her hand on his firm young ass as they ride the elevator up to her suite.